0: All of Israel had been waiting for a Messiah for thousands of years. The Jewish people, they were under occupation and oppression by the cruel Roman Empire. They were held back financially, many were beaten, and many were put to death. Every single day, they prayed to God to send a rescuer. They pleaded to the Lord, saying, Lord, send the Messiah. And in their minds, they thought they were praying for someone to conquer the Roman Empire. They thought maybe this would be a military leader. Maybe this would be someone in the government to to beat the forces of the Romans. But God had other plans. One of those people praying was a priest named Zechariah. Zechariah, he was a good man. God's word says that he was obedient to the Lord. He loved his wife, Elizabeth. They were an older couple, and for much of their life, they prayed for a child, but she was unable to have one. One day, it was Zachariah's turn to make an offering in the temple. What Zachariah was going to do was an honor. It wasn't something he did many, many times. He was chosen by chance, and he was able to go into the offering room. Now, I'm sure in his mind, he felt extreme honor, maybe a little nervous, maybe also a little excited but in the temple, the Lord and the angels met him there and changed his world forever. Luke 1.11, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zachariah's son, the one that he had been praying for, would be John the Baptist. John the Baptist was called by God to point people to Jesus and make a straight path for the king of kings in the Lord. Of Lords. Before Jesus' ministry started, John the Baptist was put in place to ready the heart of the people. And his goal was to preach the gospel, to preach the good news before anyone even heard of the good news. He baptized people, but the ultimate goal of John the Baptist was to ready the hearts of the people, to make smooth a path for the King of Kings and the Lord. Of lords, In ancient Israel, it was an honor to move stones and obstacles for the path of the king if the king was coming into your town. So if you knew a king was coming into your town, men would come together and say, we're removing stones, we're removing tree limbs, any fallen debris. Our goal is to make sure that this king can come into our town as smoothly as possible with no obstacles so he can do what he came to do. This wasn't just the blessing that John the Baptist was able to do. This was the honor that John the Baptist was able to do for Jesus. But for us, life, our circumstances, this life is difficult. You can't sugarcoat that. It is a difficult thing. But along the way in this life, stones are built around our hearts. I want you to know a stone wall isn't built all at once, it is built brick by brick, day by day, hurt by hurt, obstacles around our hearts to really block us from receiving who Jesus is. There are so many obstacles that could block us from truly receiving the goodness of our Lord and Savior. Could be unforgiveness, unforgiveness to someone in your family, Maybe bitterness towards your spouse where you had this expectation of who they would be and you feel like they've let you down. Maybe it's envy where you look at someone in their life and feel like, man, they got a good deck of hands and I did not. Maybe it's the comfort of the life that you have built yourself and you're comfortable where you are. Maybe it's a death in your family, a sickness of somebody where you've questioned to yourself, how can a good God allow this to happen? It could be greed, it could be lust. I want you to know that whatever the obstacle may be for you in your life, God has more for you. On the other side of this pain, on the other side of this hurt, there is so much more. There's peace, there's joy. There's hope. The light of the world lives within you as a believer in Christ. We have nothing to fear. He paid the price for your past. He paid the price for your future mistakes. He has restored it all. You know, a stone in my life that really blocked me from receiving the goodness of God was myself for a long time. You know, I was a very nice young man, but I was filled with pride. I was here at church every Sunday, every Saturday night for prayer meeting. I was always here, but I never relied on God. I heard people say all the time, God is good, but I didn't truly believe that myself. There were things that took place in my life where I questioned if God was truly a good God. So in my life, I I completely relied on myself, my ability to work, my intellect, my strengths in life. And what I can tell you after years of relying on Andrew, I felt hopeless. I felt like I needed more. I'd struggled with depression. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with even wanting to live anymore. But I got to a place where I was just done with striving and living for the things of this world, and I came to God. I laid down the stone, which was myself, my pride, and saying, Lord, I am doing this with you. I am putting my trust, my hope, my everything in your hands. And from that moment, my life has not been perfect. There have been struggles, there has been tragedy, there has been things taking place, but I can tell you this, my life is filled with peace. My life is filled with joy. My life has a hope. When the world seems like there is no way, there is always hope in the name of Jesus. I want you to know this. There is a straight path to Jesus in your heart. Remove the stones. Maybe you look at your life and the things that you've done and the places that you've been, and you feel like, how can a God forgive me of these things? I want you to know the Lord that we serve isn't a far-off Savior who's just looking down and watching you suffer. We have a God who is intimate. We serve a God who is relational, that wherever you are in your life, he will pick you up out of the dirt. He will pull you into a new life, but where it starts is giving him your everything, giving him the things that you feel like no one else wants, your past regrets, your past failures, your past shames, and when you do that and you say, Lord, this life is yours, your life will never be the same.
1: Oh come, oh come. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night And death's dark shadows pull
2: Zachariah's wife, Elizabeth, had a young cousin, not a queen, not a princess, or the daughter of a wealthy merchant. She lived in a blue-collar town that provided workers and craftsmen for building projects in nearby cities. She was about to be betrothed, a teenage Jewish girl expecting a simple life. Heaven had other plans. In Luke chapter 1, we read this account. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And here's Mary's perfect response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. No word from God will ever fail, the angel said. But this was a challenging word. We all know it was a huge honor for Mary to be chosen to carry and give birth to the Son of God, but it was also complicated. If Mary was anything like us, and she was, I'm sure she prayed for her husband to be, for blessings on her life and her family, maybe a good harvest and a long, healthy life, and freedom for her people a blessed, uncomplicated life. But God did not give her an uncomplicated life. She had wants and desires, just like all of us. And he gave her the gift of Jesus because he knew that is what she truly needed. When I was younger and early in my faith journey, I had a long list of things I wanted and I thought I needed To be happy. I had a plan for my life too and honestly I just wanted God to bless my plan. (laughs) My list included some things like a great marriage, perfect kids, a successful career, for God to fix all the messed up stuff in me and my life and the people closest to me. I wanted comfort and ease. I wanted my way. But God gave me what was infinitely better. God saw through all my desires, and he knew the big picture, and he gave me what I needed most, which was Jesus. And the same is true for you. He knows what you truly need. In your notes, Jesus won't just help you get what you need. Jesus is what you need. Let me read that again. Jesus won't just help you get what you need. Jesus is what you need. And God is so good, and he loves to bless his children. Uh, I have been blessed beyond what I deserve or what I even imagined. And his plans for my life were better. They led me here with you today. But he knows that our greatest needs are not comfort and ease, our greatest need is Jesus.
3: Oh let
4: So, it was a night unlike any other night. Because of a census that the Romans had imposed upon the Jews, Mary and her betrothed husband Joseph, they had to leave Nazareth and travel to Bethlehem. And that's when Mary's time came. That's when her baby arrived and there was no room for them at the inn. So when Jesus was born, Mary wrapped him in cloths and they didn't even have a proper cradle. So Mary had to lay him in a feeding trough for livestock, a manger. I want you to think of that for a moment. We often take it for granted because we've grown up with this picture But here is the king of the universe and he chose the lowest possible place to be born. But obviously God becomes human. He bonds himself to humanity through his son in a way that has never been done before or since. Obviously there has to be some kind of royal announcement. The angels of heaven have got to Proclaim the birth of the Son of God, but now the question is to whom? Who gets the word first? Kings? I mean, there was an emperor in Rome named Augustus at the time, kind of an important dude. We have a month named after him, August. What about to the power brokers of the ancient world? Who did God choose to hear the greatest pronouncement in the history of the world. Let's go to Luke chapter two. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. See a pattern here? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying. In a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Uh, let's go to Bethlehem. See this thing that's happened, which the Lord's told us about. So they they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. i want to read that last verse again. It's easy to miss. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So, okay, I want you to imagine the honor of being the first to hear that God's son was born, that thousands of years of prophecy, now was finally fulfilled, and that the Messiah had come. And you're just a poor shepherd, right? You're considered at this time, shepherd in that society is considered near the lowest rung of society. And did you catch what we read twice there in verse 20? They took time to rejoice, glorifying and praising God for what they'd heard and seen. In a sense, we can understand rejoicing at the birth of a child. Many of us have had kids in this room, and man, when your child is born, you rejoice. That way for all three of my kids. I can remember when my oldest was born, wow, I was like amazed. I'm going around, I'm telling everybody I know, and and, and peop, you know, people, they're like, oh, this is great. You know, they understand. But some people are like, y- your child is born. You know, that does happen sometimes, you know. But to you, it's like the greatest thing in the world. And so it th- didn't matter how busy I was. didn't matter what was going on in my life. didn't matter what work stuff was going on. didn't matter what family stuff was going on. The most important thing was to rejoice the birth of my son, how much more should we stop, and take a moment to rejoice at the birth of God's son? We rejoice at the birth of our children every year. We have birthdays. How much more? Doesn't it make sense? to stop whatever we're doing to rejoice in the birth of God's Son. There comes a time in your life and in my life when you need to stop what you're doing and rejoice that Jesus came for you. Rejoice that he came for you. So, I mean, think of if the shepherds responded like a lot of people tend to respond to this news. What if it's like, you know, this is great, but we just don't really have much time to celebrate the birth of your son, God. I mean, we got, we're busy with work, and we're out here working right now in the field at night. And, you know, family's coming into town. got to get ready for that. And plus, building a new house because I'm getting tired of living out in the field. And, you know, so I'm going to be moving soon. And there's just all this stuff with the contractors. And, and plus, this is a new job. You know, I, don't want, I want to make sure that, you know, I get in good with the boss here because I'm building a house, so. And, and plus, I mean, there's the decoration. This is not the shepherds now. This is us. Decorations, planning, presents. Huh. Kids are out of school. Got to keep them busy. I mean, who has time to celebrate the birth of Jesus? So I, I think that the angels that showed up and announced Jesus' birth would have something to say about that. I think if we were to ask them, based on what I read in the text, you know, or say to them, I don't know if I have time to celebrate Jesus this year, angels, I think they would probably respond with something like, peace, humans. (laughs) Glory to God in the highest, and peace on those to whom God's favor rest. This is the moment God's favor rests on you. I know you have to figure out the gift card situation and still don't know what to wear for Christmas dinner but from the angelic perspective stop what you're doing for a moment and rejoice that Jesus came for you. So I want to invite all of us to do that right now because we're going to sing a song you all know we're going to sing it angel style we this is how we get to keep christmas well we keep christmas well by keep our love for christ in christmas
5: Can you feel it? Can you feel the presence of God? Can can you feel the peace of God in this room? Let me just take a moment. You know, for a man, I've been in this church for 42 years now. And through it, there's been mountaintops, there's been valleys. And I'm so proud of the team that God's assembled. But let me just take a second to just say how proud I am of my family. You know, my son started the message, my wife did the second part of the message, and that was my youngest daughter that sang that last song. And that was her first time singing a solo in church, and I just think that's a a great thing. She did beautiful. But you know, as we are just enjoying God's presence, there's a few things that struck me. As Pastor Tim was sharing, he, he shared how Jesus came for you so often we look and we think of Jesus coming to save the world and we can see it as being such a big picture and he did but oftentimes we lose sight that Jesus came to this earth for you individually he came for us and we live in a broken world where we could get so caught up with the disappointments and the hurts and the stones that can get in front of our heart to cause a wall to be built between us and God. But I want you to know this. You may feel that there's a wall separating you from God, but the word of God says that there is nothing that will ever separate you from God's love in Christ Jesus. Nothing. But we could get so deceived and so stuck Looking at our past hurts, looking at our lost, and this season, it's a time where we can look at the losses in our life, or the pains and the struggles that we may be walking through, but here's the thing. No matter what we're walking through, and some of you even today feel like what's in front of you is impossible, but God's word's so clear, where he says, there is nothing Impossible for God to do. So I want to encourage you during this Christmas season to lean into the love of God for you. To cast every one of your anxieties and your fears and your disappointments and your shame. Give that to God and allow the peace that passes all understanding. That's a different kind of peace. A peace that passes all all understanding is what Jesus offers us. To allow the joy, true joy, joy unspeakable, fill your hearts and remove the disappointments and the fears and truly enjoy the presence of God in our lives. To truly enjoy the peace of this season To truly know that God is there with you. Isn't that comforting to know that God Almighty, the King and the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, so big, but yet so small that when you feel all alone and you feel like there's no one there with you and you feel like you're the only one going through this and you're the only one that's feeling this disappointment and this shame and this fear, you're not alone because Jesus Christ is right there with you, with his arms wrapped around you to bring comfort to your heart, to bring joy to your spirit, and to put inside of you a God-given destiny that you are getting ready to move into when you allow God truly to be the Lord of your life. You see, for some people, They have a part-time Christianity attitude. I'm gonna go to church for my hour and 10 minutes and you know what, Monday through Friday, I'm doing my thing, don't mess with that. And they wonder why do I struggle so much with my walk? And the reason is, is because you've not given all to God. You see, that's when real peace is gonna happen is when you let go of the things you're holding on to and you allow God to have it. So when you say, God, I'm giving you my shame. I'm giving you my depression. I'm giving you my fears. I'm giving you my children. I'm giving you my marriage. I'm giving every area of my life that I've tried to control, I'm letting go. And I'm saying yes to Jesus. So you see, so many people, they wanna complicate Christianity. And they want to try to make this, 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 oh, work, work, work. All God is looking for in us is for us to take a deep breath and say yes to Him. And to give all of our heart and lives to Jesus Christ. And when you do that, when you truly do that, everything changes in that moment. What a wonderful season this would be where some of you could have a defining moment in your life today. Christmas season of 2022, the year you finally said, God, it's all yours. And what he'll do is he'll take it. He'll take the broken pieces of our heart. He'll take the broken pieces of our life and he puts it Back together, stronger, holier, more valuable, with destiny behind it, healed, whole, and set free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Can you say amen? Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Father, we thank you today for your presence. What a joyous morning to experience your presence and your peace. I thank you, God, today for who you are. You are Emmanuel, God with us. No matter how the world may seem around us, God, you are with us. And we take this moment to recognize it and to show our gratitude because, God, you are so good. God, you are so faithful. God, you are right on time. And today we stop and we recognize your goodness, your majesty, your glory, your power, your strength. With every head bowed, and every eye closed, before we dismiss today, there were so many people first service that this touched and moved them and I believe that there are people in this service that God is moving on your heart, that this is your day to give it all to Him—not a piece, but to say, "Today, I'm all in. I'm giving it all to Jesus Christ." And if that's you today, when I count to three, it's kind of dark in the room today, and that's okay. But if you're here to say, Pastor Glenn, will you pray for me? I want today to be my day to give it all to Him. One. Two, three. That's you. Will you raise your hand up high? Yes. Hands all over. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Can we all pray for the sake of all those that raise their hand today? Just pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. You are Emmanuel, God with us today. I give all, I give every area of my life to you. Today, I make you my King, my God, my Savior, and truly my best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we all give the Lord a great praise offering today? It was so good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. I want to encourage everyone to come to Christmas Eve. It's going to be spectacular, but I want to say to you that may not be here this weekend, Merry Christmas. It's such an honor to be your pastor. I love and appreciate each one of you, and I'm grateful. So God bless you. Merry Christmas.
4: And we love Pastor Glenn, too, do we not? Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing and if the altar prayer team would come forward, I want to invite you, if you'd like prayer for any reason, after I bless you here, please come see one of these altar prayer team members. And if you raised your hand to receive Jesus for the first time, also come up because we have a free book to give you that we really believe will help you on this journey that you have chosen with Jesus. So to receive your blessing today, would you just open your hearts, turn your palms upward if you like in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you this day to remove every obstacle in your heart and the path to his love. May the Lord bless you this day with the greatest gift that's even possible, the gift of Jesus. May the Lord bless you with the moments to take time out to rejoice that Jesus came for you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love you so much, church. See you on Christmas Eve.